What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope you have all been well. Thanks for tuning in to another JDB podcast. You know, I was going to wait to do this one until my sinuses cleared up. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I've been dealing with this bullshit for like a fucking month now. I haven't had any sinus issues in like three years. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, and you know what really pissed me off? When I felt it coming on, I got on prednisone. I got on a Z-Pack. I thought I was going to stop it. You know, I was going to get in front of it. And it made it a little bit better. But it never fucking went away. This is like three or four weeks ago. So, went on my trip. You know, I talked about how I was going to go in the mountains. I was going to do some hiking, which we did. It was awesome. But I dealt with it down there. And I'm talking like... Just, you know, blowing snot rockets every five minutes. Blowing fucking snot out of your nose. I'm so sick of blowing shit out of my nose. So, I had some doxycycline laying around. I bought like a bulk order of doxycycline just in case any shit happened. And I would just have it here. So, I jumped back. I jumped on that. I did, uh, you know, 200 milligrams the past few days. And I'm hoping that's going to help, but... What the fuck, man? I mean, I can't sit here and wait forever to do a podcast because I sound fucking nasally. I hate the way I sound right now. So bear with me. I sound fucking nasally. But, you know, the workouts are still going great. My sinuses haven't really messed with my workouts too much. Just just pisses me off. My nostrils don't feel clear. That's the thing about sinuses. They never go away. They never fucking go away. And it's like, I thought that I was doing better. For the past three years. Because it didn't really fuck with me. Now all of a sudden it's like back man. Back with a fucking vengeance. Uh, so anyway. What I decided to talk about. I'm going to do a drug podcast. Talk about some fucking drugs man. Some drugs. I want to talk about the steroid DECA. Or Nandrolone. And I'm going to talk about the fast acting version of DECA. NPP. Or Nandrolone phenylpropanate. And I'm going to talk about equipoise, or EQ for short, boldenone. Uh, So let's first talk about DECA. Let's talk about the hormone nandrolone for for starters, okay? So I love DECA. I love it. Why do I love DECA? I love DECA because it packs a fucking punch in a small amount. You could run just 200 milligrams a week of DECA, which I commonly run when I'm using it as like a, um, you know, like a sidekick to something else. And in that right there, just 200 a week of DECA, man, your strength will go through the fucking roof. Your muscles will get some nice volume to them. They'll get pumped. Uh, you might notice like an increase in your, uh, your stamina in the gym. It's a great compound and it doesn't really have a lot of side effects. Now, I know a lot of people are afraid, afraid of the dick thing, you know, um, you know the flaccid penis that, that DECA can cause. Here's the thing with that. A lot of it, it is very user-specific, whether this is going to happen or not going to happen. And it's very user-specific as far as what the test offset needs to be. So for a first-time DECA user, I always say do a one-to-one. If you're running like 300 milligrams of test a week, you know, maybe 300 milligrams of DECA a week, although you don't, I don't think you even need to use 300 a week if it's your first time using DECA. 200 a week is fine. You know, 200 a week to 200 a week test or 200 a week to 500 a week test, that would be a good one. Let's say it was somebody's like second cycle. The first one was maybe test only and then they wanted to do something else. You know, again, run your test at, uh, most guys are running at like 500 milligrams a week. You know, run your test at that. Run a C a DECA a week, it's all you need. That's all you need. When it's regular DECA, okay, not the fast-acting one, but regular DECA, I don't really like to go over 400 milligrams a week. Now, I'm one of those guys that I can do kind of a freaky offset with it. Like, there's been plenty of times where I've just kept my test at TRT amounts and gone up with the DECA, you know, 1 to 200 milligrams a week higher. Uh, And I've only really gotten DECA dick once or twice in the past, this has been years and years. The, the first time that I had it, I was a dumb fuck. This is like way back. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was That was back like when the sources were few and far between. 
And I got some deck off this guy at the gym, and that's all I had. I had no test, right? So I was running like two or 300 milligrams a week at DECA, no test. And, uh, and I still didn't really get DECA dick until about five or six weeks into it. And then it was just like, I got it, man. And for the life of me, I could not get that thing hard. And uh, I was even like, there was one night I even took a Viagra, nothing. Still didn't do shit. So that was just stupid as hell to not have any tests with DECA at all. And I'll tell you the same thing. You definitely want tests with it. You definitely want tests with it. Do not run DECA solo if your sex life means anything to you. If you don't care about that, then hey, more power to you. Go for it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, 400 is like the highest I really go when it's regular DECA. Now, um, a lot of you are probably going to read up on, if you've never ran it before, I'm sure several of you guys listening to this have ran DECA before. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he, he's right. Um, but the ones that have never ran it before, you're going to hear a lot about water retention on Nandrolone. And I think a lot of that is just not true if you're dieting. You might hold a little bit of water to, I mean, just a little bit to some degree. But I found that on even 400 milligrams a week of DECA, if you're eating pretty clean, the water retention, it's just not there like people say it is. Uh, and if it is, they're probably running 500 or more milligrams a week of test and, and running no aromatase inhibitor, which is why the water is there. But, um, I mean, DECA itself, it puts on a little bit of water. But again, I've always found it to be diet specific for the most part. I'd say, I'd say 75% of your water retention when you're on deck is diet dependent. And if this wasn't true, why would guys in the golden era run deck up until like two weeks out from a competition? Because that's what they did, you know. They ran DECA, they ran D-ball, a few ran test, not many. Some ran a little bit. Um, the guys in California, it just depended on which doctor they were going to. Because uh, there was a couple doctors hooking the bodybuilders up back in the day. Uh, one of them went to prison for a long time. Um, but one guy was like pro test and the other guy really wasn't doing a lot with test. He was, um, doing more like, uh, DECA D ball or, or DECA. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even sure if they were, what was that? That D ball everybody was running. Was it, uh, Siba, Siba, the blue D balls. Um, but I don't know if those ones were coming from a doctor or not. I know they were highly effective, but anyway, the long and short of it is, is guys were using DECA up until 14 to 21 days out from a show. They were only dropping it the last two or three weeks and coming in looking pretty fucking good, right? I think we can all agree on that. The guys, you know, in the seventies were kind of getting down to about seven, seven percent body fat, maybe in that area and looking pretty damn good. It's a look that 99% of men would love to have. So I don't look at DECA like it's just this uh, anti-Christ of water retainers. It's this no-go if I'm trying to get leaner. Um, I think it really only matters. I think most guys, they're not going to get that lean anyway to see a big difference. Like, can you get your abs visible on DECA? Absolutely. absolutely. fucking lutely Now, if it's the difference between, like, you know, striations and, you know, somebody that's competing versus someone that's not competing... Of course someone's gonna fucking call me i'm doing a fucking podcast of course you're gonna call me jesus man this phone won't ring all fucking day until i start talking on the mic what do you want anyway where was i see that's what fucks my hat up somebody wants to butt in on my podcast oh here we go again fucking pause this shit all right i'm back sorry about that so what i was saying is is it's really only a big difference to me whether you leave deck in the equation or drop it if it's like someone that's getting ready to get on stage, you know? It's not something that most guys would really see a big difference from one way or another because most guys just aren't getting that lean. I mean, they'll get, you know, maybe top single digits like 9-10%, but I mean, it really takes dedication and commitment and, and a lot of fucking misery to go much lower than that for any length of time. And I just don't think it's really that big of a difference. So 
if guys are, you know, they want to know, hey, I'm, I want to cut. Should I run DECA? Fuck yeah, run DECA. It's great. DECA will help you keep a lot of your mass and a lot of your muscle volume while you're in a caloric deficit. It's awesome for that. Another thing DECA is really good for is over the years, which I'm sure a lot of you have gathered by now listening to my podcast, I'm a huge fan of Primo Ballin. I fucking love Primo. DECA is an awesome compliment to Primo if it's the right amount. You know, myself, I probably wouldn't be using a ton of DECA with Primo, but most commonly what I do is I just throw in like one C a week of DECA with Primo. So I like to get my Primo up to about six or 700 milligrams a week. And I find that just that 200 milligram a week shot of DECA just helps, you know, when I'm running the Primo. And of course, you know, I have the test in there with it. And it just gives me a really, really good look. So DECA works great is an add-on compound. And by add-on, I mean just enough to get the job done. And it works good as, you know, a primary compound. By prime, I mean, test should always be like your primary compound. But when I say primary compound, I mean the one that's in uh, a slightly higher amount, right? So let's say, you know, 400, 500 milligrams a week of test, you know, three or 400 milligrams a week of DECA. I would still consider that DECA a primary compound. Now, if you're talking, you know, 700 milligrams a week of Primo, 600 milligrams a week of test, just 200 milligrams a week of DECA, that's what I call an add-on. An add-on, like Anavar. Anavar would be an add-on compound, the way I use it anyway. Um, you know, just enough to help and get the job done, but not the primary compound, rarely. DECA is a great compound. It is a really, really great compound, and it can give you that extra push in the gym. You know, you need to get to that point where you're just busting your ass, you're working out really hard, and you might spend an hour in the gym, but after about that first 30 or 40 minutes, you're kind of shot, and then you're just going through the motions at the end. You know, sometimes, if you're training really intensely, DECA can be that one compound that just keeps you pushing straight up 110% throughout that hour in the gym. I really like DECA. Now, I can get away with like a two-to-one offset of test to DECA. I could run, you know, four or 500 milligrams a week of one and only like half of test. Or I'm sorry, four, I'm, I'm saying that. I'm so, why, am I, why am I explaining that in such a hard fucking way? All right. 500 milligrams a week of uh, like DECA, 250 a week of test, something like that. 50% of what the uh, the DECA is. Now, I, I rarely get over 400 milligrams a week if it's regular DECA. Now, there's an exception, and I'm going to talk about NPP, fast-acting DECA. I will take that one a little bit higher. I fucking love NPP. I probably love NPP more than regular DECA, and it complements Primaballin very, very well. One of my best cycles, probably my best cycle, that gave me a great combination of just mass, I'm talking big as fuck, to lean, was like 700 a week of Primo and 600 a week of NPP, and at the time, I think I was only doing like 300 a week of test. Had no issues. No issues at all. No deca dick, nothing like that. And I was just big. I was noticeably growing week to week. And I was growing. I mean, was I the most shredded I'd ever been in my life? No. But I was unbelievably lean for the size that I was putting on. It was like, uh, you know when guys talk about a lean mass cycle? This is definitely a lean mass cycle. And the amount of muscle I was gaining, even if I'd gained 1% or 2% body fat from where I was at first, it didn't, it didn't appear that way. It looked like I was just getting leaner and leaner and growing. But the volumization in my muscles was fucking awesome. Now, the thing about NPP, here's where it's different. Obviously, it's a faster-acting act, ester. It's nandrolone phenylpropanate. You do have to inject it more than regular nandrolone. Uh, in a perfect world, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every other day is probably even better. I've always preferred Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It was good enough for me. I didn't have crazy side effects. It was good enough to keep blood levels level. And it was great because 
a lot of times I would run 300 milligrams a week of NPP. And I, I always felt like that amount packed a really good punch because more of that ester is getting absorbed into your muscles or I'm sorry, into your bloodstream and then uptaken by the muscles than regular DECA. Anything that's a propanate ester or a phenylpropanate, you're going to get more of that compound as a whole into your system than something like an enantate or a sipinate or something like that. So, you know, it's the same way with test probe to test enantate or test sipinate. More of that probe is going to be absorbed by your body. So if you're taking like, you know, 300 a week of test enantate, yeah, you might be getting 220, 240. Uh, if you're taking 300 milligrams a week of propanate, you're probably getting like 280, 290. You know, and I'm not exact on those numbers, but for the most part, it's probably where it's at. Uh, so with nandrolone phenylpropanate or NPP, if you're taking 300 milligrams a week of that, it probably is equivalent to more like 400 milligrams a week of regular DECA. But the shit gets in you quick. It's faster acting. It packs a punch. And actually, there was something else I wanted to say about DECA. I, I just reminded myself when I said faster acting. You know, a lot of guys are, are coming up with this nonsense that, oh, no, that's not in you till six weeks. That's not in you till eight weeks. Fucking bullshit. You can feel regular DECA after two or three weeks. Okay, the compound doesn't take fucking two months to get in you. It might take two months to start seeing the prime results. To start really banging like, you know, the way it's supposed to. But it doesn't take like six or eight fucking weeks to see anything. My God, if that was the case, most guys' cycles would be an absolute waste. That's such bullshit. It doesn't take that long. So if you have DECA and you only have enough to run eight weeks or enough to run ten weeks, fuck yeah, you can run it. Don't listen to some of these clowns. These guys are talking parrots that just repeat everything everyone else says. Half of them that talk like this never even fucking ran it. It's in you in like two or three weeks, okay? It's really in you as far as like where you're probably going to plateau at in probably eight, all right? If that's what they mean by, oh, it takes eight weeks to get in you or six weeks to get in you, they're a little confused. That's probably where it's peaking out at. So a lot of guys say, oh, you want to run DECA 20 weeks and this and that. It's like, yeah, you can, but it's like anything else. If you run, you know, 500 milligrams a week of DECA for 20 weeks, is your blood work going to be a little skewed? Yeah, probably a little fucked. If you run 200 a week, or let's say you just run 100 a week or 150 a week for the joint healing properties of DECA. That's another, another positive of DECA is it does help your joints. It lubes the joints up. You can run as little as 100 milligrams a week for that property. Then, yeah, okay, 20 weeks. It's like anything else, you know? I mean, if you drink a fucking liter of whiskey every day, you might have cirrhosis. If you have one beer a day, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> you know? It's like anything else. But back to the NPP. Um, I just wanted to get that out there. I forgot to mention to you guys that it doesn't take fucking eight weeks to see anything from DECA. All right? NPP... I will take higher than 400 a week. I believe that, I mean, there is a little bit of difference in the water retention between NPP and regular DECA. I know the hormone's the same, but the rate of absorption and, uh, you know, metabolization is different. And I can find, I found that I stay really, really hard on NPP. I like NPP. I get all the strength benefits. You know, again, most guys... When it comes to the issue of the water retention, they're probably not going to see a big difference because they're not eating clean enough. They're not dieting hard enough anyway. And it also depends on about like what kind of state you're in when you're using it. If you're just out there eating your ass off and you're still trying to put on uh, size, then you know you might not even want to fuck with NPP because you're getting nandrolone one way or another. I mean, whether it's NPP or regular DECA, you're still getting the nandrolone. Your body fat's not really low enough to worry about it. And again, most guys' body fat's not really going to get low enough to worry about it anyway, in any event. But I do like the fact that NPP gets in you a lot faster and it just fucking bangs harder, man. It's like, you know, in 7 to 10 days, dude, it's like, boom. All right, back on. Back in the saddle again. Back. So I like NPP. I really do. Um, 
back to the injection schedule. Okay, I've gotten away with twice a week injections with MPP, like intended example, Monday, Thursday. I don't think that was the best way to do it, though. But for you guys that are little fucking pussies and you're afraid of needles, you could probably get away with it twice a week, but it's not the most optimal way to do it. The most optimal way is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every other day. I've always liked the Monday, Wednesday, Friday injection schedule, though. I really do because, you know, if you're running tests in NPP, you can kind of split it and give yourself the right amounts with a three-day-a-week shot. If you're running three compounds, you can load up the barrel with three compounds, right? You need, let's say you got one C of uh, NPP in the barrel, and then you got like a C of test, and then maybe a C of, uh, I don't know, Mastron or whatever else you want to run. You know, and, that, and that's not very common for me, by the way, okay? As long as I've been doing this, right, as God is my witness, most time I run my cycles, it's like my test in like an add, like one other compound, an add-on compound. Now, right now, I'm doing, I'm doing tests, I'm doing EQ, I'm doing 600 a week EQ. I am doing 500 a week of tests. I did raise my test, finally. I haven't raised my test in years. And then I'm doing... Uh, 300 a week of Mastron. A little on the low side for Mass, but uh, just kind of throwing it in towards the, the end there, the final six weeks. Try to try to diet up a little bit more. I've gained some really fucking quality size, though, man. It's like, it's so nice when your injuries finally heal. Oh, my God. You know what I started doing? And I know you guys are probably sick to death of hearing about the fucked up tricep tendon. And I don't mean to get off track here, but I just got to throw this one out there. Because it's made my arms blow up, okay? Aside from healing me, and I believe this is the number one movement that healed that tricep tendon. Um, but aside from that, it's gotten my arms massive as hell. It really has. Okay, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with like a cable press down for your triceps. And you're probably familiar with a one-arm cable press down, all right? So don't use any attachment at all. And uh, just grab the little ball on the end of the cable. Only instead of standing straight on looking at the cable, you're going to lock the elbow to the rib cage. And you're going to bring the cable more across the front of your body, if that makes any sense. Across the front of your body. And you keep your motion short. Really short. And all this does, this is only for pump. Start with a 10. It's all you need. The heaviest I get... And this is a double pulley now, which is easier than just a single cable pulley pressed down. The heaviest I get is about 17.5 pounds. I do sets of 50, though. I'll do about three or four sets of 50 reps per arm. And it's fucking boring, all right? But when you see how much it pumps those damn triceps up, and that pre-pump, I feel, is really good before the rest of the tricep work, when you start seeing the results, I mean, and I have, I've seen crazy ass fucking results. Um, so I've been doing a lot of those. So anyway, I don't know how I got off track talking about this, but it's really, it, it's healed my arm damn near 100%. I mean, this fucking tricep tendon would not get better. I mean, I've been dealing with this shit for over two years now. And now that, I, I, this only movement I could think that I've been doing that has kind of strengthened that tendon back up. And it's all about the contraction. It's not about the weight. It's just about reps, 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 reps. And uh, those reps, I feel, are even more beneficial when you're on HGH because your body's kind of building new cells. So I think that the two, in combination with each other, are great, you know. If you're running growth, experiment with some of those higher rep ranges, okay? Get the fuck away from that five sets of five or triples, doubles. Fuck all that shit. There comes a point, once you've been doing this long enough, you have to go really just get those reps up. I mean, most serious bodybuilders are going to tell you it's about the pump. And they're fucking right. It's about the pump. But um, So anyway, back to what I'm running. 600 a week of EQ, 500 a week of test, 300 a week of Mastron, and uh, 2.5 I use a day of growth right now. Just enough to get the job done. And I think the growth is helping with that tendon as well. What's so nice is, you know, not only is that tendon in much better shape to do a press down motion with, because that's what was fucking with me, was the press down motion. 
It wasn't so much like a chest press. Although I did get to a weight with like even that. Where it was like, okay, okay, enough, enough, enough. It hurts. It feels like a knife stabbing my fucking elbow. But I noticed when I started getting that press down motion in there and getting better at that, it transferred into my presses. So now when I fail at a press, I truly fail at a press. I'm back to that kind of training where I truly fail because my chest truly fucking failed. Not because my tricep want to bitch out on me from a little pussy injury at the fucking roller skating rink. Yeah, the roller skating rink. That's not how it started. That's how that's how it ended. <laughs> it, uh, it was a partial tear. I was walking around with it for a long time. Took my son to the roller skating rink one night and uh, put on a pair of skates. <laughs> and it was just like, I just fell. <laughs> I just fucking fell. And I, I grew up inline skating. You know, we played roller hockey. I was into it back when the aggressive inline skating was the thing, right? Grinding down fucking rails and going backwards down concrete steps. What the hell were we thinking? Who the fuck puts on wheels on their feet and tries to go backwards down a flight of stairs? That's smart. But no, the whole time I was an aggressive inline skater, never had an injury like this. Well, this night at the roller rink, it was like God just put glue on the floor, reached up. No, not God. Satan. Satan reached up to the hardwood floor, stopped my fucking skate, and down I went. Landed straight on my elbow. Straight on my elbow. Pop, 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 motherfucker. Triceps done. And it was so funny because, you know, the little pop music's going. The place was packed. Packed. And I had to get out of the beginner section. The only fucking reason I was in the beginner section, that's what made it, that's what adds insult to injury. I was where the newbies are, the little kids that learn to skate. And the only reason I was in there is because I had my nephew with me who's never roller skated before in his life. And I'm in there trying to show him how to fucking do it. If I wasn't in that beginner section, it probably would have never happened. But I probably still would have been dealing with like a major partial fucking tear that didn't want to heal itself. I think it was at the point where it needed to just be fucking severed and reconnected. One way or another. Whether it was self-induced or surgical. But uh, we did it by ourselves. So anyway, I go down. Feel the pop in my fucking arm. Immediately things start swelling. And I, all I knew was I had to get out of the beginner section and I had to cross all the people going around real fast and get over to the bench. So I get over to the bench and I'm in a lot of pain and my wife's still in the beginner section and I'm trying to get her attention to let her know I'm, I'm fucked up. We got to go. We're yelling across to each other. She's like, what? I'm like, come here. What? I'm skating. And I said, my arm's fucked up. And when I yelled, my arms fucked up, man. It was like the music stopped. It was like everything got quiet. Everybody looked at me. I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm that guy. I'm the asshole. Let's get the fuck out of here and get to the ER, motherfucker. Nah, I didn't even go to the ER. Didn't even go. What was the point? What was the point of that? They weren't going to reattach it right there. So I drove home. She's like, are you sure it's detached? I'm like, oh, I did it good this time. Oh, it's fucked. It's fucked. So I went to the walk-in orthopedic uh, clinic the next day, like the emergency orthopedic clinic where they can uh, quickly get an x-ray and an MRI and, and tell you it's fucked. And then uh, I think like maybe later that day or maybe it was the next day that I went to, to, to the head honcho orthopedic guy. But anyway, enough of that bullshit. I get off on too many tangents when I talk about this, sh this shit, you know? Like I just get, I get going on too much. I jump around. It's one of my downfalls. I wish I was better at this, but you know, here's the thing. Some people, they like write out their speech or what they want to say. I can't do that. I've tried that before. It just doesn't work. Back to the compounds. Enough of my bullshit with the roller skating. Uh, now let's talk about equipoise. All right. Oh, yeah. One more thing about DECA before I get into equipoise. The reason I'm going to talk about equipoise with DECA is because they are kind of similar in terms of results. But there's a few different differences. Who does not want to run DECA? All right, if you're on blood pressure medication, I will say DECA is probably the worst compound you can use. Um, if you have problems controlling your blood pressure, it's just not a good compound to run. It's just not. In that case, you might want to run the next one I'm going to talk about, and that's Equipoise or Boldenone. I think it's what? Boldenone and Declinate. I don't know, trying to get all scientific on you guys here. 
bolding on, undeclinate, undeclinate, whatever. Um, okay, so EQ. EQ is another great fucking compound. And guys, I'm just going to be straight up with this. I don't run a ton of shit anymore. I have my go-to drugs that work. EQ, DECA, Primobolin, Testosterone, Mastron, and maybe once in a while, Anivar. And the last couple times I tried to run Winstraw, I didn't do so well on it. But that used to be one of them. All right. I don't do trend anymore. I don't do D ball or anadrol. I don't do test suspension. I don't do halo testing. I don't do uh, a lot of the harsher drugs. I don't do anymore. I have my go tos, and normally I rotate through them. If I ran Deca that like last time, I'll run fucking Equipoise this time. If I run Equipoise this time, I run Primo next time. Or you know, Primo is usually the only one. Sometimes I go back to back with. But okay, so Equipoise, you're gonna get a lot of size. In strength, but milligram for milligram, I don't think you're going to get the same amount of strength that you would get from DECA. I think 200 milligrams a week of DECA is kind of like the equivalent of like 600 a week of EQ. I really do. Um, it just DECA really packs a fucking punch. And uh, Equipoise, I think, uh, does a little bit more for the vascularity than DECA does. Maybe it does a little bit more for pump in a lean state than DECA does. But the two are very, very similar. Um, And again, it goes back to how lean are you trying to get? If you're not trying to get lean, I can take one or the other. I mean, it it, it doesn't matter. Because in that case, it really is all diet dependent. But if I'm like in a state of trying to get really cut up, um, I would probably run EQ over DECA if I would... What is this fucking dog doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. Stop knocking all those pillows off the damn couch. Where was I? If I was trying to get like super, super lean where any little thing was going to throw me off one way or another, then I would use Equipoise over DECA. I'm putting... Hold on. I'll put the fucking dog in the other room. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Something else to fucking interrupt me. Uh, yeah, but that's the only time I would really consider, you know, one over the other is really like when I'm trying to get to that point where any little minute detail one way or another is going to throw me off. Which again, most guys aren't going to get to, and I rarely get to, just because it's hard. It is miserable. Yes, when you're in that state, it is kind of miserable. Uh, EQ would be a great contest prep drug. You could probably run it all, like yeah, actually right into the show. Um, So with Equipoise, the dosing, uh, I think 600 a week, is my sweet spot. In the past, I have front-loaded it with 800 for the first two weeks, 800 a week. Um, I talk about that in Straight from the Underground. Again, if anybody wants any more information and detail on any of these compounds or, or cycling in general, check out Straight from the Underground, Underground Steroid Handbook. I wrote a few years back. I'm going to give you some more info. But yeah, EQ is one of those ones that I would commonly run like 800 milligrams a week the first two weeks of my cycle. And I felt like when it did kick in, it banged a lot harder, you know, being that I did those first couple weeks at a little bit higher of an amount. So I would do like 800 and 800 the first two weeks. And then I would either back down to 600 or 400. But again, I think 600 is my sweet spot. And that was a really good way to do it. Now, um, one of the downsides to EQ with some users, I don't, I wouldn't really call it a common side effect, but it can happen in some users. I think maybe I experienced it a little bit on a couple occasions. Is it can give you anxiety a little bit? It's and maybe in some people more, but with me, it was nothing I couldn't handle. I think that like this go around because I'm on it right now. Within the first three or four weeks, I started getting anxiety, and it seemed like I just kind of, I don't know, threw it on the back burner or whatever, and it went away. I, or I've gotten accustomed to the drug again. I hadn't ran EQ in a while, but I did get anxiety this time. But it was nothing that would have stopped the cycle, you know? And I think a lot of it, too, is it's, it's dependent on what else you have going on in life. That's for any cycle. I mean, there's a cycle that you could be on that could be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. And it's totally dependent on other things other than the fucking gym. But a lot of people, they don't consider that. They just think, oh, well, you know, I'm not doing good with this, man. 
I don't want to do it anymore. I got to get off it. I got to stop. I don't want to do it, man. You got to be committed to being a fucking junkie. I've talked about this before. It takes commitment to run these compounds. You guys talking about you don't want to fucking inject more than once a week. What the fuck is wrong with you? You need to be motivated about your shots. You know? Here it is. You got this resource right at your fingertips to get awesome results in the gym. To grow again. To look fucking stunning and fabulous. And you can't take a goddamn shot. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I'm on the subject of shots. How often do you inject EQ? Well, it's a big misconception with equipoise. People think that equipoise needs to be injected often. It really doesn't. The reason it's injected often is to get somebody to a desired milligram uh, count per week. But uh, DECA, I mean, it's a long-acting ester. You can run DECA once once a week. Um, I think most guys commonly go twice a week. That's what I'm doing right now is twice a week. But you can even do it once a week, you know? It doesn't need to be ran every day or every other day. Kind of like Primo Ballin. People think Primo needs to be shot a lot. It does not. The only reason it's shot a lot is because it's a high molecular weight. It's only 100 milligrams per milliliter. So to get the amount up enough to get to an effective range, it just so happens that you need usually several injections or um, of Primo. EQ, though, same way. Um, but I would say, like, for most users... You know, it all depends on what you're doing with it. I mean, if you're running testing EQ, you know, a C of each in a syringe twice a week, boom, you're golden. If you're running, let's say, test EQ and, um, you know, something else with it, then uh, you may have to do it more than once or twice a week in order to get, like, you know, the, the, the ratio of everything the right way. But it does not have a short half-life. It is not like a test propanate or an angelone phenylpropanate. Equipoise isn't like that. Now, I believe there's a boldenone acetate out there, which is similar to a fast-acting probe or a, a test or kind of like trend acetate where you'd want to do it like every other day. I've never used it. I've never really seen it to be necessary. I think some of these exotic compounds that they're coming out with now, I don't really see a purpose to them. You know, Primo, there's a Primo acetate. I, I just, I don't know. You know, if you've used it and it works for you, great, but I just don't really see the point. I mean, you're not, typically an acetate or propanate is used to retain less water, but you're not really retaining water with that, or uh, with Primo, a drug like Primo anyway. So like, why the fuck would you need to go the extra mile and go to an acetate? I don't understand it, you know? And I know I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself here uh, when I talk about like the difference between nandrolone and phenylpropanate and DECA. Um, but there, there is a, a little bit more of a vast difference between MPP and regular DECA than there is between, say, Primo and Primo acetate. I just feel, I feel like that's an unnecessary compound is an acetated ver version of that. So, yeah, you don't have to shoot EQ as often as people say. Again, um, when it comes to this talk, a lot of people want to jump on the bandwagon and they talk about what they hear. It's just not true. So, with EQ... You know, you can stay looking really lean. The aromatization or aromatization, I always fuck up the way I say that. Aromatization, right, the body's conversion to estrogen is less than half the rate of testosterone from what I've read by, you know, various studies. You know, do you need an aromatase inhibitor like a Remedex or Aromason? In most cases, probably not. Probably not. Uh, now, if you're running it with a high amount of tests, then yeah. You probably do. But it's not a drug like uh, Mastron or uh, Primabolin. It's not like a counter-estrogen type drug, okay? It's just not a drug that you really need to consider that much in your stack is, the, is a possibility of gynecomastia or something like that. If you get gyno or you're very susceptible to gyno, it's probably going to be from the test, not the EQ. So... Being that there is some EQ in there, it really would not make a difference in the amount of an aromatase inhibitor I would run. What I mean by that is, is let's say I was a guy that was running a half a milligram of a Remedex, you know, every other day. If I added EQ to the mix, that does not change the amount of a Remedex I would use just for the test. You know, the amount of Remedex for the test 
It's the same amount of Reminex to keep in the equation for the test in the EQ. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not enough of a difference to increase it a lot. Now, uh, Equipoise. Equipoise does raise your red blood cells a little bit more than other steroids. Not as much as people say, though. I don't think... I think that's something that's been highly exaggerated in the past. I think that any steroids are going to elevate your red blood cell count. Especially when you're on them long enough. Um... EQ might do it a little bit more, but it's not like if you have like a normal red blood cell count and you run one cycle EQ, you're probably not going to be like dangerously high on your red blood cells. Now, with that being said, is it a wise idea to donate blood? Absolutely. Um, I just did it. I just did it like four or five days ago. I said, you know, I'm back on EQ. I didn't have to donate blood for a while because I'm going to tell you something fucking scary. I lost so much blood when I clasped my lung in October that I uh, I, I let go of almost 3,000 milliliters of blood uh, out of that lung. And my hemoglobin had dropped to fucking nine. So I knew it was going to take a while to get back up there. So I, I kind of missed the last donation. But I went in about four or five days ago. And um, let, hold on, let me back up before I talk about that. My last lab, my set of labs was i want to say december 30th it's either like late december or early early january and um i was 14.3 or 14.5 somewhere in there so normal range right right there perfectly normal range uh so about five weeks into the eq cycle and about eight weeks later i was 16.5 when I went to Red Cross, they pricked my fucking finger. Because for those of you that don't know, that's what they do. And if you're too high, they will not allow you to donate blood. If you're 20 or over, uh, you cannot donate blood. So if you're someone that's been on even just TRT for three or four years, uh, you could be a little bit high. If you're someone that cycles recklessly without getting lab work and you never come off, yeah, they're probably going to turn you away. And then you can either dump your own blood... Or go to a doctor and have them drain your blood because it's medically necessary to keep your ass from having a fucking stroke. But anyway, the long and short of what I'm saying here is it's never a bad idea to take precautionary measures and donate blood. So I did it again the other day. Um, I always do double reds or power reds, man, power reds. Or they call it Alex. I don't know where the fuck they got that name from, but um, yeah. Either double reds, Alex, power reds, they call it when they take twice the amount of red blood cells out of you per donation. You're only allowed to do it once every 112 days. It has to be at least 112 days between donations, which works good for me because I don't want to go down there a lot. So I do the double reds. Anyway, it would probably lower me, I don't know, two points. I would think maybe two points, maybe three at the most, but it probably got me back down around 14 you know, um, and like I said, I mean, I got about five or six weeks left of the cycle. Technically, could I run this cycle out and not have high red blood cells still be high into normal? Maybe. I don't think I would come in over the point where they wouldn't take it from me. So <clears throat> is it necessary? I mean, are you going to be fucked with your red blood cell level because you run one damn cycle EQ if your red blood cells were normal to begin with? No, I doubt it. But again, that's the key. Were they normal to begin with? So if you're somebody that was running TAS and then you were running DACA and then you were running like Trend and, you know, you're on more than you're off, motherfucker, your red blood cells might have been 17 or 18 when you started EQ and now they're 21. Yes, you're too high. You're too high to fucking donate. So that's why I'm saying. Even if you don't have the lab work, use your gut. Use your gut. If you've been on a cycle a lot, you haven't donated blood in a while, or you've never donated blood, go donate some fucking blood, man. All right? You don't want to have a stroke. I I got a friend. I've been trying to tell this asshole for fucking years. For years, I've been trying to tell this guy to get his ass down there and donate blood, and he will not do it. I just don't have the time. I'm just busy with my business. I just don't have the time. I'm like, you're not going to have any time left on this fucking planet if you don't go do this shit, dude, because I know what you run. I know how much you run of it. They, they're, I guarantee they're not going to take it from him. But I want him to go down there and have his finger pricked and get a fucking reality check so he doesn't do something stupid and reckless. But uh, he's hard-headed. He's hard-headed. 
I know another guy, same shit. Talk to him till I'm blue in the face. Donate fucking blood. Donate blood. All he runs is high amounts of tests. I said, donate blood. The guy's face is beat fucking red. It looks like his face caught on fire every time you see the guy, all right? Something is wrong with this man's blood pressure or possibly his red blood cell count and or both, okay? You don't need to run any more cycles, dude. Know what you're fucking playing with. Back to the EQ, though. When it comes to EQ, I've never found a lot of benefit to running more than 600 milligrams a week equipoise. EQ is a funny one because there's a very, very small gap in there. Like, so here's another difference, in my opinion, between DECA and EQ. DECA is effective with as little as 200 milligrams a week or 400 milligrams a week plus, although I don't really go above 400. Many people do, all right? It's highly effective. EQ is one of those ones that's kind of weird. It's like you don't really see a lot from it when it's less than 400, but then you don't really see much more from it when it's more than 600. And this is just my experience. Again, I'm giving you my, my personal experience here. Four to 600. That's the magic range for me. 600 is like perfect. 600 a week. Um, and again, I only do 800. I haven't done this in a while, but the first two weeks I would run EQ, I would do 800 and then back down to 600. Okay. But just for those first two weeks, I have been pretty high with it before. I think I got at one time I gotten up to uh, 12, 1500 a week EQ. I didn't get a damn thing out of it. I didn't get anything out of it that I didn't get out of uh, 600 a week. I really didn't. And, and that's another thing. There does come a point where um, you get out of that sweet spot. You start fucking with your body chemistry to the point where now your body's trying to repair itself. This stuff is damaging and you're not functioning at a good level or, you know, is an elitist in the gym. Um, it's almost like you're sick and you're toxic and your body's trying to constantly fucking repair itself. And then it's not worth it. You know, I've even had this a few times myself where I've had cycles in the past where I regressed. I fucking regressed from being on cycle. I would have been better off running nothing. Felt like shit, felt weak. Um, and so like, what the hell are you doing it for when it gets to that point? You're just pumping shit in your body and not getting anything out of it, right? It is better to err on the side of caution, okay? Like if you're a paranoid person anyway, and you take equipoise, don't run a gram a week EQ because you might get really fucking paranoid. I did get a little bit of anxiety with it. I'm not going to lie. The first uh, three, four weeks into this run, I got a little bit of anxiety, but I just told my brain to shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. It's for the gains, man. It's for the gains. Some shit, like some cycles you can do that with. You can tell your brain, shut up, you turn it off, and you keep going. Because, like, as bodybuilders, we're committed, we're dedicated. We don't want to stop the cycle. It's the last thing you want to do is throw a monkey wrench in the middle of a good fucking cycle, have some vials of shit you can't even use. That's no fun. But I've had to do it. I've had to do it in the past. And you guys might have to do it too, okay? But um, I hope you don't have to. I really do. So that's like really the only difference between EQ and DECA. As far as how long you want to run them for, I say, you know, it's a similar cycle length to see the most optimal results. Let's go back to the peckerheads that think it takes eight weeks to get in your system. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But to see the most optimal results and be on it long enough that you can say, yeah, yeah, this is good. I'd say 12 to 16 weeks. That's probably right. Uh, and again, you can go for up to like 20 on EQ. Um, another good way to do things too is like either donate blood halfway through the EQ cycle or at the start of the EQ cycle. One of two ways, you know, however your blood donation falls at that time of the year. Because look, if you're dabbling in this shit, I don't care what anybody tells you. Just donate blood on a regular basis. Even if those red cells aren't considerably high on paper, it's not a bad idea to donate blood. Every once in a while, you need to lose some blood so your organs can get rid of some of those toxins in the creation of new blood. It's a healthy thing to do. Just fucking do it. Just donate blood. I'm tired of reminding everybody to donate blood. Just do it. You can pump all these needles in you and all these drugs in you, and you can't sit there for 20 minutes see a little bit of blood come out of you. Come on, tough guy. 
You go to the fucking gym, bench press four or 500 pounds, leg press a thousand pounds or whatever. And you're scared to watch a little fucking blood come out of your arm. You know why it's good to watch a little bit of blood come out of your body? That's fucking training, man. That's training. I think like this. Let's say there's one day where I got to scrap with somebody. Hopefully that doesn't happen because I'm probably the kind of guy that would rip my shoulder out of my socket trying to throw a punch. But let's just say that I got to get into it with somebody. A, I don't want the sympathetic part of my body to turn it off when I see a little bit of blood on their face. I don't want to stop pounding them. I want to make sure they're fucking done. And B, I don't want to freak the fuck out if I see a little bit of blood come out of me. I want to keep fighting. That's what going to the Red Cross does. It's fucking training. And if you're like me, all those old, big, fat, black chicks that work at the Red Cross will voice their opinion on what they'd like to do to you. If I was into old, fat, obese, black females, I could have a different woman every night. I told my wife that. I went to Red Cross at that tree like fucking gold. I was like royalty at the Red Cross. And I was talking about the popcorn, you know. They used to cook the popcorn, and they got a little stupid about the popcorn during the shutdown, but they started making it again. And uh, I told the lady, I said, you know, you know, I come here for that popcorn. I said, I come down here to donate blood for those snacks. I love the snacks. And you know what? Right when it got a few minutes left of my donation, I started smelling fresh popcorn. And she's like, oh, we made it just for you, baby. A fresh bag, of, a fresh batch of popcorn. Hot popcorn just for you. I was like, you made that just for me? I was like, you know, thank you so much. She's like, oh, it's all about you down here, honey. It's all about you with the Red Cross. And I'm like, hell yeah. Finally, somewhere where I'm fucking appreciated. I'm going to start talking nasty back to these chicks, man. You know? I want to. I do it for self-entertainment, right? It's just the only problem is, is every time I want to do it, there's someone around, like an 85-year-old white lady that gets offended or something, right? So I can't totally unleash the vulgar talk with the older black females. And I like to do it. It's entertaining. I swear to God, I'm going to go on there next time and I'm be like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, see, I got a donation to give you. Oh, I got something that you're going to work real hard to get, bitch. Yeah, you're going to work hard for the white stuff. I'm going to start talking nasty right back to him. But I got home that evening and I told my wife, I said, you know what? You ever backtalk me or deny me a piece of ass? I will run through every one of those old big black bitches at the Red Cross. Keep fucking with me. <laughs> oh, man. There's something you got to appreciate about that, though. You know, the white chicks, they don't want beef anymore. They're scared of it. Black women... I swear to God, there's no fucking shame in their game. They will let you know. They want some of that dick, motherfucker. They want a piece of that white chocolate. And uh, and it is it's nice. It's nice. Look, I, hey, look, guys. All right. For those of you out there that think I'm a racist, fuck off. I make fun of every race. Um, but it's nice to feel appreciated. It is. It's nice. It's nice to know that there's a group of people, a certain demographic of people that appreciate this hard work that you've been putting into the gym, all right? Gay men and obese black women. That's what you get once you get to a certain size. Once you get to that kind of muscle mass where all you get is gay guys and obese old black women, you know you fucking done something in the gym, my friend, all right? That's when you know you finally made it. Anyway, that's uh, that's that's that, and uh, also that's DECA, and uh, that's Equipoise. Again, for anybody interested in learning more about steroids, check out Straight from the Underground, my underground steroid handbook, minus the fucking jokes about blood donations. But I got to eat. Thank you. Train hard. I'm out.